excuse me, are we on? Oh, I think so. Thank you. Hello, it's Paul. It's Nessa. It's, it's Paul, Paul and Nessa's, Nessa's Happy Hour. Hour. A sketch comedy podcast with added stuff and nonsense. Sketches. And banter. Sketches and banter. In episode 17. <laughs> There you are, sir. All round trim. That'll be £20, please. How much? £20? That's ridiculous. I mean, I'm practically bald as it is. Yeah, well, it costs more for a treasure hunt, doesn't it? Welcome to Paul and Nessa's Happy Hour. Hello, Episode welcome. 17 is here. Is it? Yes, and it's another jam-packed show. You people don't know how lucky you are. Yep, you're certainly doing all of this nourishing, meaty, sketchy, <laughs> stuffy, nonsensey goodness packed into 40 minutes of listening pleasure. Hey, but are you hungry? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> if you've been affected by any of these intros, <laughs> then there is a helpline you can call. <laughs> right, on with the comedy. Onwards! <laughs> Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Jeremy Wine Show on BBC Radio Colostomy Bag. As always, we want to hear what you, the listeners, think, and we'll be taking your calls. You know the number, so call us now. After all, you got nothing better to do, have you? Today, should we get rid of the royal family? This comes after it was revealed that the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge took Prince George trick-or-treating around Balmoral last year, dressed as Hitler. And our cabbages to cabbage tasting. Later, we'll be speaking to Michel Barnier and a cabbage expert from Carefully. Later, we've got our resident health guru, Annabelle Stirrup, who'll be talking to us about the little-known Paloma disease. And that's when your mouth detaches itself from your face and then reattaches upside down. And we'd really like to hear from you if you have any experience of that. And the woman who is suing herself for injuries and loss of earnings after an accident she had because she forgot how to walk down the stairs. But first, controversial plans have been announced by the government this week to get rid of Kent. Uh, In the studio with us now is the government minister responsible for this proposal, Baroness Chardonnay Costa. Thank you for joining us. Hello, Jeremy. So, what's this all about? Well, Jeremy, research has shown that the Kent coastline is where the vast majority of illegal asylum seekers are landing in our country from France, and with the noticeable improvement in rubber dinghy technology, frankly, it's now getting far too easy for them, so we intend to detach Kent from the rest of the UK, thus making our coastline significantly more difficult to reach. I see, and how exactly do you plan to do this? 
Well, with the availability of fracking equipment, the technology is there. Basically, we plan to drill a series of boreholes, starting at Dartford and roughly going down the line of the M25 as far as East Grinstead, then across East, past Royal Tunbridge Wells, through the high-wheeled area of outstanding natural beauty, right across to Jury's Gap and the coast. Once that drilling has been completed, we'll just crowbar the county off and send it floating down the channel and into the Celtic Sea. What do you say to people who are saying that this uh, really isn't a good idea, that you can't just discard a whole county, the, the Garden of England? I say to them, bugger off, you oiky little scroot. I'm in the government and you are not. There's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> Baroness Coaster there. All right, uh, let's go to the phones. And uh, Alfie, you're in Darlington in the northeast of England. Is that right? Hi, Jeremy, that's right. But you lived in Kent for 12 years. Is that right? Hi, Jeremy, that's right. So what do you think of this? Hi, Jeremy, that's right. Sorry? Oh, sorry, Jeremy. I got all flummoxed there. Uh, I'm a bit nervous, like you say. I'm sorry about that. I uh, bit nervous. First time calling, no time listener. Right. So, uh, what do you think of these plans? Well, uh, I think it's like it's a good idea, like Jeremy. To be honest, like. Really? Why is that? Well, uh, like it's Kent, like in it. I mean, it's Kent. You know. I mean, that I've been named, and they're all a bunch of cunts. Good riddance to them, I say. <laughs> Sorry about the sea bomb there, folks. We'll have him tracked down and neutered. Now, joining us in the studio is the Duchess of Kent. Hello. Well, this must be quite concerning for you, Duchess. I'll say. I mean, what will I be the Duchess of if Kent goes? I can hardly be the Duchess of Random Piece of Sea where Kent used to be, can I? Well, there's a suggestion that they'll give you the Isle of Wight instead. If I wanted to be the Duchess of a place where your mother is your sister and your uncle is your son, I'd have taken Norfolk when it was offered to me in the 50s, wouldn't I? Well, there you have it. Coming up after the news, we'll be going down to the allotment with Farmer Galwyn Jones, who'll be telling us where to stick our leeks. I'm the best at everything. She is good at nothing. Even though she tries her best, bless her. Now we'll see if I really am the best of all in a feature called Paul versus Nessa. Bollocks. <laughs> okay, Nessa, it's that time of the show where we like to call feature time. <laughs> Crack. I didn't know. Uh, so yes, as you probably guessed by the jingle, this episode we're doing Paul versus Nessa. <laughs> well, everybody wants to see a fight to the <laughs> death. No, oh. no, not that. Not a fight to the death. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Paul versus Nessa. Nothing serious. Nothing too dramatic or violent. <laughs> um, we just come up with a simple scenario. Uh, maybe it's an experience uh, or something from childhood, whatever. And we just chat about it, riff about it for a bit, and then we decide at the end who's in. Is best. Uh, and so you're going to set this one, Nessa, so off you go. Right. What was mm -hmm. the most dangerous thing that you did as a child? <laughs> Very good. Mm -hmm. this, is, I've, this, fully enough, 
came up. Did you see this on Facebook or Twitter or something? It no. came up sort of recently. Somebody posted that funnily, uh, but. So somebody posted it. it was the dangerous thing you ever did, did as a child? It. They did. They posted it, <laughs> and somebody responded saying, <laughs> "Wrote to Jim will fix it." <laughs> Brilliant. Oh no. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing, right? <laughs> I did actually write to Jim will fix it as a child. <laughs> but did he fix it? That's not the thing, right? But I'm just saying this because. Um, the thing that I wrote to Jim will fix it for, for him to fix it for me, mm-hmm. was to um, be in an episode of Alfie de Saint Pet, and and like I, you know, obviously work with with them like Tim uh-huh. Healy, Kevin Whittle, and all that lot. And the ironic thing is, Nessa, <laughs> that all these years later, when I'm a grown up, proper, actual comedy actor person, <laughs> are you <laughs> allegedly? <laughs> I've actually done that. I have actually appeared on stage with Tim Healy and Kevin with all the, uh, yeah, with the yeah. same podcast. Well, not all of them, with but the a Sunday lot of them. For Sammy. Doing the Sunday for Sammy show, so and there you go. Jimmy didn't even need to fix Jimmy it. Jimmy didn't come anywhere near me. <laughs> Jimmy <Let> Nail me... <laughs> did. <laughs> ah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's a gag there about Jimmy Nail in it, but no, let's not go there. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, I, that's, a, that's a good one. I, haven't, I was a bit boring as a kid, really. I suppose... <laughs> The only thing I can think of is um, we used to, where, where uh, we lived when I was a kid, there's like a, 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 a bank, a, a, a road. Oh, a bank down. bank. No, no not, a, not a Barclays bank. <laughs> I lived like near a bank a and it was robbed every day. <laughs> a road, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like... I was held up by mass gunmen. <laughs> um, no, we used to, it, like the, the hill goes down and then it turns left, so it's kind of like a blind corner. Right. And we would, as kids... Go up to the top of the hill, mm. like sit opposite each other. You do it in pairs. Sit opposite each other on our skateboard. So you're sitting down on a low <laughs> level on the road, like your legs kind of interlocked. So there's no way of escaping it. Mm-hmm. And then we just push ourselves off and go down the bank. And it's <laughs> a road. It's like a toboggan, except that it's a road for actual cars to come around this blind car. So if there was a car. We'd just be like dead, splattered on the road. Yeah, <laughs> but it wasn't so busy back then, though. Was no, it? There wasn't no, that's so many true. Cars that's, on there. Well, it was more like horse and carts, really, and <laughs> the, Beer odd, carts. the odd milk the folks. The folks, man, would drive oh, past me. Oh, yeah. Well, that's nothing. I got shot. <laughs> what? <laughs> there I was, a little whippersnapper, playing out in my friend's back garden. I got shot in the arm. <laughs> You, I'm not. Is this, is this real? Seriously, you, you're not doing this no, for comic effect. I had a classy upbringing. Me Wait, and you lived in <laughs> Leafy Surrey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was in the back garden and I got shot. Who, did, who shot you? What I mean? What? Some scally next door decided to next um... door. The next door neighbour. <laughs> yeah. I've heard of fucking when neighbours go bad, but that's just ridiculous. Seriously, he was he was hanging out of his window and um, had an, had an air gun and shot me. In the arm. Why? I've Did still you provoke got the scar now. <laughs> yeah. I was jumping up and down going, shoot me, shoot me, shoot me. No, of course I wasn't <laughs> fucking provoking him. Were well, you reenacting JFK, Dallas? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was probably just playing with Cindy and Barbie. <laughs> no, the guy was just a twat and got... And he shot you? Yeah, yeah. Did he, like, get, you know, He was arrested and we decided not to press charges because we thought he might come round with a bigger gun. Fucking hell. <laughs> Well, I've got to say, you win this one. Jesus Christ. I know. I haven't got an arm, have you not noticed? (laughs) (laughs) 
You're not singing any more. Pick your jaw up off the floor. That was the twat versus Nessa. Ha <laughs> ha! Time I open the mail, there's another bloody credit card bill. I am sick to death of your spending, woman. It's like a bloody disease. Look, it's my money anyway. I've paid for practically everything here. If it wasn't for my money, this furniture wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for my money, that car outside wouldn't be here. And if it wasn't for my money, this house wouldn't be here. Listen, if it wasn't for your money, I wouldn't be here. Jokes that make you laugh, jokes, jokes that make you cry, jokes, jokes that are really, really funny. Ha uh-huh. ha. Jokes. <laughs> Come on then. Quick. What pie can fly? What pie can fly? Is what pie can fly? Is this pie in the sky or something? No. Oh, I think I've just got it. The magpie. Magpie. Yeah. Oh, don't you say it. <laughs> Shush your mouth. You know I like to guess the punchline. Well, don't. Sorry. Thank you. It's a magpie. <laughs> Magala, leader of the grass patrols. What is it, wife? I do wish you wouldn't call me that. Everybody else does. I'm not married to everyone else. Besides, when you say it, it sounds like you're taking the urinary vestibulary discharge. And who can blame me, Murgy Poos, after you've been carrying on that tart, that itinerant space pervert, Gerald? I told you I'm no longer in touch with the ISP. It was just a brief fling of extreme passion. I'm sorry. When did you last give me one of those? If you ever showed a little form now and again, perhaps I could be bothered. What was that? Nothing, dear. Just connecting the wires for this new doorbell. Oh, of course. I only found out about his affair after my friends plastered it all over social media. A shame. You could at least be more subtle about it. But no, you had to get off with him for ages. Live on air. <sighs> Did you isolate the fuse box, as I asked? No. Thanks. I noticed. You know, I could have got staff in to do this for us. I've told you before. I don't want your day job interfering with our home life. But I'm the leader. And you're the first lady of the Grass Patron Empire. You could be being preened and pampered by Ganubian slaves. And I shouldn't have to do DIY chores around the house. You're not very good at them anyway. Well, f- See? I've not secured the wires yet. Someone's pressing the bell from the outside. I'll get the door, shall I? After all, I'm only Lord of all Grass Patrons, evil dictator of half the galaxy. Would you? I've got the curlers in. Saint Cyanide. It'll be like having dinner opposite Leo Sayer again later. What? Trick or treat! Great Halma's ghost is at Halloween already! Chill out our costumes, mister! Oh! Mister! Bring! Bring! I 
want to bite your neck. You mere hatchlings dare approach Mergala, lord of all grass, patrons with demands. Now, of... I said we shouldn't have come to this house, Marty Ogget. Eat him. Run! <laughs> I know where you live. I'll get my army onto you. You'll see. No bloody respect. That's their trouble. Well, you handled that really well. That's why we should have security guards. To protect you from local kids? Really? Oh, shut up. I'll finish screwing this panel into place, and then I'm taking a shower. <laughs> oh, those eggs were off. <laughs> Fried eggs now. Are you sure it's earthed correctly? Everybody's a flipping expert. You get the door this time. As you wish, oh great leader. Good evening, Graham. Oh, is your husband in? Cardinal Felsch. What a pleasure. It's for you, dear. You call it at an inopportune time, Your Eminence. Why are you dressed up in stockings and a bath? Trick or treat! Ah! Well, unfortunately, Paul's had to leave the studio for a few minutes. Arthur Jackson down the road is having a third shed delivered and Paul's gone down to give him a hand. But not to worry, because it gives us a few minutes to have a chat with our resident truth wrangler, Dr Ivor Frank Elmalet. Hello, Nessa. How <laughs> lovely to be back with you again. <laughs> it's great to have you back, Dr Elmalet. I can't wait to hear what you've got for us today. Yes, well, I'm afraid I can't stay for too long today, Nessa. I'm actually on my way to the annual Truth Wranglers Against Turgiversatory Science Conference. Mm -hmm. Turgiversatory? Yes, Nessa, it's a real word Mm. and it works in context. Look (laughs) it up. I spent hours scaring Roger for that one. (laughs) So... Truth Wranglers Against Turgiversatory Science. Yes. So you could say you're all twats. Now, I think you're getting me mixed up with a different one of your guests there, Nessa. (laughs) Fair enough. Yes, besides, our acronym would be TATS. TATS? Yes, we don't believe the letter W exists. So you're going to a conference? Yes. Um, Okay. Presumably you'll all be meeting remotely, what with everything that's going on at the moment. Oh, no, 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 Nessa, don't be so silly. No, you don't believe any of this COVID nonsense, do you? Well, there's some pretty conclusive evidence, Dr Elmalet. Nessa, the one thing the truth wranglers against turgiversatory science always say is never allow yourself to be coerced by conclusive evidence. Well, I suppose the twat would say that. Page one. Well, anyway, it sounds fascinating. <laughs> oh, yes, it will be, Nessa. <laughs> the keynote speech is entitled The Twin Towers Were Really Constructed from Turkish Delight and Jelly Babies. Right. It's being given by our Lord High Admiral, no less. Who's that? Dr Neil Armstrong. And yes, we are aware of the irony. Move on, please. (laughs) Right. Well, I wouldn't want to keep you from your socially undistanced conference with a speech on how the Twin Towers were actually (laughs) confectionery. Yes. So what's your theory for us today, Dr Elmalet? The world is being controlled by cows. Oh, my Christ, right. 
And how have you figured this, Doctor? Well, first of all, Nessa, let me ask you, do you like a nice cup of tea or coffee? Yes, of course. As do the majority of people in the world. And what do we put in those drinks? Milk Mm -hmm. from cows. We are actually imbibing cow fluid on a regular basis and the cows are infusing that milk with a Mm mind-controlling drug to keep us under their control. (laughs) A mind-controlling drug. Really, Dr Almanet? That's a bit far-fetched, even for you. Well, riddle me this, Nessa, (laughs) if you will. Would you agree that one of the widest available mind-bending drugs is cannabis? Yes. Also known as grass. And what do cows eat? Grass. Boom. (laughs) Now, consider point duh. Imagine, if you will, you're driving through the countryside past a field of those bovine overlords. I'll try. And you observe them all lying down together. What do you think? Ah, it's going to rain. And does it? It usually does, yes. Yes, exactly. The cows are controlling the weather. (laughs) Not predicting, as people like to think. That's what the cows want you to think. No, (laughs) they are controlling the weather. They have a sophisticated device located in their third stomach that has supreme power Mm -hmm. over the Earth's atmospheric process and they can make weather happen at their will. That's ridiculous, Doctor. And the four stomach thing, that's not even actually real. Right. Technically, cows only have one stomach, just with four distinct compartments. Don't think you can debunk my assertion with biological actuality, Nessa. (laughs) I know what I know, Mm -hmm. as Paul Simon once sang. (laughs) And those Torian bastards are the ones behind global warming. Now, consider point C, if you will. (laughs) It's been widely acknowledged, I think you'll concur, that the world's entire population could fit onto the Isle of Wight. You might say, in point of fact, that the Isle of Wight could serve as a prison for the entire human race. Do you see, Nessa? Do you see? Do you grasp my gist? Um, (laughs) Yes, the, the entire world's population imprisoned on the Isle of Wight. Herded in like cattle, you might say, if you wanted to use a mildly, humorously apt metaphor. And how do you get into the Isle of Wight? Cows. Cows. There are other ways onto the island. No, 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 no. The main way is cows. (laughs) It's not even spelt the Uh, same. Cows. (laughs) Anyway, that myth just isn't true. The Isle of Wight is only 380 million square metres and with a population of over 7 billion people, you'd need an area of over 3 billion square metres and that's not even taken into account the obese or Americans. And who says this? Well, The Guardian did for one back in 2013. The Guardian... Don't think you can repudiate my contentions with that woolly tree-hugging hippie shit fest. (laughs) All right, okay. Now, finally, Nessa, because I must get off to my conference. Of course. But I will leave you with point delta, if I may, as to why it's true that the world is being controlled by cows. Okay. The world is being forced to find new ways of living, quite frankly. Would you agree? I would, Dr Elmalette. Yes, and one of the biggest changes is the way that we are communicating with others. How would you say that this is happening at the moment, Nessa? 
Well, I suppose a lot of people are using Zoom to communicate. Yes, yes they are. The only way we are able to communicate with each other at the moment, it would seem, is Zoom. And what is Zoom backwards? (laughs) (laughs) Moose. Which is exactly what a cow does. (laughs) Proverbial mic drop, Nessa, the doctor has left the building. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, dear, Dr. Frank Elmalet there with another one of his bullshit conspiracy theories, pun intended. Oh, dear, and while he goes off to meet the rest of his twats, here's another sketch. <laughs> hello, Ward 7, Ward Sister speaking. Ah, oh, yes. Well, he had his operation last night. It was very successful. Oh, and he should be going home in a couple of days. Oh, that's good, thank you. Oh, can I ask who's calling, please? Yes, it's Arthur Jackson in bed three. You people tell us fuck all in here. Oh. This is Bull's Wank, you can hear it's coming. His veins are coming up, his head's gonna explode. He's gonna go on and on and on. Do you know what I'm going to rant about today? Not a clue. That ginger bitch on the <gasps> Crunchy Nut Cornflakes advert. <laughs> you know the one that nicks the blokes, Crunchy Nut Cornflakes? Yes. You know the one I mean, don't you? I mean, I do. where do I even start with this? There's You'd all punch s- her, wouldn't you? I really would. Not because of her hair colour, just because she was nicking Yeah, you. yeah, the ginger part's got nothing to do with it. That was yeah. just so we knew who I was talking about. Yeah. But... She's really... I mean, there's so much wrong with that advert that really winds us up. He's played as a geeky little dweeb for one thing, and mm. it's like, Oh, my God, there's a girl approaching me. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I'm going to let her steal me crunchy nut cornflakes because <laughs> I don't know what to do. And, the, and the, the look on her face, honestly, I mean... It's complete satisfaction that she's yeah, got one like, up on him. I can do this. I can use my female sexual allure for one thing. That's the, the, the one thing. The other thing is, I, I'm a girl, so I can do what I want anyway. The other thing, haha, you're a dweeb, you're not going to do anything about it. The look on her face, she looks at him as if she's like challenging him. Come on then, do something about it. Come on, accuse me of sexual harassment. It's just, it's just so <laughs> wrong. And can I say, by the way, this mm-hmm. has got nothing to do with being gingerist. It's not her hair that I'm having a go at, right? If if it was a blonde, I'd say that blonde bitch. If it was a brunette, I'd say that brunette bitch. If it was, if she was bald, I'd say that baldy bitch, right? It's got nothing to do with what's on her head. It's got to do with what's on her fucking face. Wipe that smug, fucking sanctimonious look off your face, you ginger bitch. And stop picking on geeks. Aye. With crunchy nuts. Leave the lad alone to eat these crunchy nut cornflakes in bloody peace. Getting really angry with trivial, pointless, pathetic little things. That was Paul's rant. Here in your cage. There. 
Yes. Now then, the pet shop owner said you'd be a good talker. So let's see, shall we? Say, Mummy. Say, Mummy. <coughs> Polly, say, Mummy. <coughs> Mummy. <coughs> oh, I know. Perhaps a little cracker will help you along a bit. I'll go and get you one. <coughs> yes. Oh, what a fucking shit hole this place is! Fucking reeks of piss! Just like that skanky old coffin dodger in there! Fucking cracker! I'm a parrot! I'm supposed to eat seeds, fruit, buds and insects! Not fucking human cheese rafts! Oh, here she comes! Here we are! Polly want a cracker! You probably want a cracker. Say mummy for me. Say mummy for a cracker. Scrack. What about cracker? Can you say cracker? Cracker. Scrack. Come on. Eat the cracker, little Polly. Oh, I know. The man in the pet shop said I should leave the radio on for you. You might learn that way. Scrack. Yes. I'll go and get it. Ah, fucking radio! I'm a parrot, you stupid old bin. I'm used to the sounds of the wild, the call of the jungle, not fucking Ken Bruce and his twatting pop master. I'll tell you what, if she comes back here and puts on the arches, I'm going to muscle up to these bars, bend them apart with me little pecker, and rip the wrinkly old bitch's face off. Squawk. Oh dear, Polly. I can't get the wire to stretch far enough through. Oh, I tell you what, while I go and make a cup of tea, why don't you just stay here with little old Fido? Woof! Oh, well, I think you two are going to be the best of friends. Squawk! Woof! As soon as she lets you out of that cage, I'm going to be on you like a ton of bricks, son. You're my next fucking dinner, my friend. Ah, fuck. Strange but true. It's strange but true. Strange but true. It's strange but true. Strange but true. It's strange but true. Right, listen, if you've ever had your tonsils out, right, yeah. <laughs> your tonsils can grow back if there was a bit of tissue left behind during the removal process. What? <laughs> your tonsils grow could grow back? Yep. So if they leave a little bit, like it'd be like of if the you, tonsil tissue. you left a little bit of root in the soil, <laughs> yeah. the flower would grow back? Yep, it just keep coming back like a dirty weed. Shit, really? Is that <laughs> yes. true? Well, it's strange but true. <laughs> <laughs> That's mad. Yeah, must be all the, the liquid at the back of your throat. That, oh, feeds that, them. Feeds it. You've, 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 saliva <laughs> is, is nature's baby bio. Is that what you're saying? <laughs>
<laughs> Gives a bit of your baby bio. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it only tonsils, though? Why don't other... I mean... I... Well, what other parts do you know that well, would be cut I'd, off? And... I'd like my little finger to grow back ideally. <laughs> that I chopped off trying to cut wood a few years ago. <laughs> Stick it in your mouth and let the baby, yeah, baby bio yeah, take right. over. <laughs> is he sucking his finger? No, he's just trying to get his finger to grow back. <laughs> he's just trying to grow his finger. He's just trying to grow his finger. <laughs> Should we try cutting off something else and see if it grows? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> that's another, that's the thing though. What if, do they grow back the same size or do they grow back bigger? What, you know, like tonsils? if you, yeah, you know, if you cut a plant back, it grows bigger the next year. Do you imagine if like your tonsils grew out of your mouth? It'd oh, be like what was that Viz character that had unfeasibly large testicles and he used to have to carry them round in a wheelbarrow? Billy Big Balls. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't it's strange but true. It's strange but true. And now comes the special moment when we christen the little one. Uh, Mummy, if you'd like to uh, pass the baby over. Uh, yes, of course. Uh, of course. Here we are, Vicar. Thank you. Oh, and what are we calling this little chap? Um, uh, Vicar, it's actually a girl. You've got hold of my thumb. Oh. Hey, well, there you go. Another end of the show. If we've got to the end, if we haven't been taken off the air yet. <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed all of our tonsil tickling. <laughs> yeah, and um, ginger bashing. As I, no, 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 remove that. I was not ginger bashing. That was the point. <laughs> anyway, uh, see you for episode 18. Like us, tweet us, all of that usual stuff. What's the hashtag? Hashtag PN happy hour. That's the one. And uh, we'll <laughs> see, see you next time. time. Jinx. <laughs> Fuck off. What are you? Shotgun. <laughs> Skin cheese. What? Skin cheese. Skin cheese. Like when you were playing Tiggy and if you <laughs> crushed... When you were playing Tiggy... This you, is the North-South Divide. <laughs> You crushed your fingers, you got skin I was horse riding. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> oh, shot. what? I'm sorry, be here, being shot. <laughs> You know, I saw a great film last night, so I did. It was called Moby Dick. Oh, Paddy, no. I really don't like those sex films. Well, what are you talking about there? It wasn't about sex. It was about whales. Oh, no. Oh, well, I don't like the Welsh either. You've been listening to Paul and Nessa's Happy Hour. Conceived, written and performed by Paul Dunn and Nessa Caron. Sketches were written by Paul Dunn and Nessa Caron. Magala was written by Tim Gambrell and recorded as live in the studio. It featured the additional voice of David Foster. Incidental music was by Kevin MacLeod at incompetech.filmmusic.io. The script editor was Paul Dunn. Happy Hour is a Crank Danville production. <laughs> What's going on with your voice? I don't know. <laughs> ah, big shot. Shut up.